but everybody who's gone through the program has graduated. And we've get, we we check every class. If you don't go to class, you have a, a pretty tough time passing here at Tulane. So we make sure they're they're at class, and uh, we've got two excellent uh, uh, academic support people that work with our guys on a daily basis. This is the playbook. I can't tell you, you know, dreams come true. You put your attention, give your intention to things, and coincidences happen. And you and I met in London, believe it or not, at the Saints game when they were playing there, and we did a symposium for Tulane Law School. And now I'm with one of my favorite NCAA coaches, Coach Fritz, who's now the head coach of Tulane University. And, you know, I want to start out because so many things in my life. I'm an average Division three football player, and I'm probably bragging a little bit there, exaggerating. Um, but I still think what I learned on the football field at Occidental College and I utilized here at Tulane Law School, more than anything that has built my success were the things I learned from on and off the field around football. And I know both of you have really gauged your entire life of using what you've learned in football to empower especially young people. And I, I know in different ways, Mike Tannenbaum here, Coach Fritz. So I'm going to start with that. What are some of the aspects of football, football in general, that you see that are applicable to creating a better society, a more productive and more accessible and more gracious society as a whole? You know, uh, I, I just think the teamwork aspect, bringing people in from all different races, all different parts of the country, all sorts of different religions. One of the things I do at the very beginning of my first team meeting every year is I have everybody stand up. and I, I do it by uh, skin color. I do it by religion. I do it from guys from big cities. I do it from small cities. And I talk about how we all have to respect each other's opinion and get to know each other. And, and you don't have that in all aspects of life, you know, where people, uh, where it's a melting pot of, of all sorts of different people. So... I think that really helps our guys learn how to deal with all sorts of different uh, people. Because sometimes guys come from a high school background that isn't that diverse. You know, and at the university level, most of the time it is pretty diverse. So that's one thing that's great about football. And, you know, wearing a, a helmet, shoulder pads, and it's 120 degrees out. You all have been in New Orleans. It, was, it gets a little bit humid here in the summer, doing something hard over and over again. I think that helps, you know, with mental toughness and physical toughness for sure. And, and uh, you know, I, I, every time I, you know, I've, I've already heard from probably three or four of my former players today. You know, I always, you know, I've been a head coach now for 30 years and have been coaching since 1982. And the thing they always bring up is the hard stuff. They don't bring up the easy stuff. And, and, uh, and they, they talk about how it helps sustain them through tough times. So those are a few things. And, Dave, I can't think of a better place on the planet to have this discussion than Tulane. Here we are. It's a top 40 school. Coach Fritz, for the first time in the history of Tulane, has taken this team to a bowl game in three consecutive years. So you're getting a world-class education. You're getting coached by a guy that's been a head coach going back to the early 80s and the success they're having here in the heart of the SEC country and have really a world-class institution. Like, I don't think there's a better place to be talking about life and football than right here. And I can tell you for me, Dave, what I've seen is it's a microcosm of society. And it to me, like, I can't tell you, whatever small part I've given to football, it's given me back 10 or 20-fold. It's made me a better person, a better listener. 
have a great awareness of, of such what our country, when we talk about what's so great about our country, I think it's highlighted through the world of football. People with disparate backgrounds, disparate opinions come together for a common cause, and to see people go out there and sacrifice either at the professional level or in major football like here at Tulane, that's what it's all about. And to talk about teammates and hearing from former players like, you know, I did through the lens of, of leading football teams, and I, I hear from guys literally every day, and just to hear what they're up to and their goals and their insecurities and their fears, and it, it's something special. And I would tell you that when you get a chance to Google Coach Parcells' acceptance speech in Canton, Ohio, it was maybe seven or eight minutes, but he really talked about that, that a locker room in the professional level, the doors are wide open. We want everybody to come in, but to stay, we're a self-selecting ecosystem and if you could help us win, we want you to stay, and we don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, political orientation, but we're the ultimate meritocracy, and Division One football is just like that. If you could help somebody win, you're going to stick around. If not, we're going to ask you to leave. And, you know, whatever level you're playing the sport, as you know, it's about that enjoyment of consistently every day, persistently without quit pursuing your own potential. And not every player that comes to Tulane is going to make it to the NFL, Although it's incredible at this school how many players do make it to the next level. But I think, and my mom would be proud of this, uh, as I remember going to and recruited by Division One schools, her f- first question was, Coach, how many players graduate? And one of the things she loved about Division Three at Occidental is Coach Weedoff at the time said, 70% of our students, and she cut them off and said, let's go. He said, no, hold on, ma'am. 70% of our students go on to graduate school. Dave. And then uh, <laughs> Tulane. Right. Every coach, every player that's played for Coach Fritz has graduated. Which that, is incredible. This yeah. is not an easy school to get into or to survive at. Right. And so academics play an important role. How do you have such a, I mean, I don't know any other program, even without the academic side of what Tulane does, has that type of, uh, of a rate of, of graduation. Well, number one, it's every guy that's gone through the program. You know, sometimes guys transfer out after two years, and obviously you don't count them. But everybody who's gone through the program has graduated, and we've get, we we check every class. When I was walking up to see you this last time, and I was coming back, I saw my class checkers up there, my director of football operations, and one of my graduate assistants. If you don't go to class, you have a, have a pretty tough time passing here at Tulane. So we make sure they're they're at class, and uh, we've got two excellent. Uh, uh, academic support people that work with our guys on a daily basis. We've got tutoring. We've got, you know, a mandatory study halls. And, you know, most of our guys are really low maintenance. You know, we go out and recruit. I look for guys who've had a good 18 years. If they've had a good 18 years, I'm going to polish and shine them. You know, if they've, <laughs> they've done a, had a poor 18 years, I, I bat about 50-50. You know, I coached uh, junior college for eight years, so... I batted about 50-50 back then when, I, yeah. when I'd have these different JC guys that would, uh, you know, uh, as far as the academics and off the field were concerned. But, Coach, but, i got a question about that. So for the players that have had the bumps in the road in their first 18 years, how do you identify which ones do you think would be a fit here? You know, we just, you know, we, we really try hard to find the ones here, particularly at Tulane, that have had a good 18 years. If they've had bumps... You know, there needs to be someone that we feel like there is a reason for those bumps. And maybe they get out of that environment, they can prosper and develop and grow. And uh, Sometimes it's, you know, from the high school coach, you know, you have a good relationship with him. And he tells you, hey, when he gets away from home, he's going to really thrive and he's going to get better and better. 
and better. But most of the time we we do our, our background check and, you know, to be a great recruiter, be a great scout, you have to be an information gatherer first and foremost, then you got to be an evaluator. And, you know, I tell our guys, if you can't gather information and determine whether this person is going to be a fit here academically, socially, and last football, you know, then, then you can't recruit and coach at the Division One level. So that's something we really look at hard. I, I'd rather – I'm not a high school coach where I grab everybody. You know, we get to pick who we want. Same thing with, with the NFL, right? You get to pick who you want to draft and take. It, it amazes me sometimes that people will go ahead and take an obvious problem <laughs> Even at the NFL level, I don't, I don't get it. I'd, I'd move on to a guy that maybe wasn't quite so good, but you, you had the great, you know, uh, character attributes that you're looking for. Yeah, and coach, you know, every uh, GM in the league has one mathematical formula on their board, which is production equals tolerance, right? But it's that fine line of character and production that you know you spend hours on. Uh, of course, at the NFL level, before that name, image, and likeness era, it was you know now you're going to be dealing with dollars for the first time. And it, I always found like our greatest successes and failures were on taking sometimes calculated risks that work out and some didn't. Um, but again, I think what you're building here, the, the character of the program has just blown Dave and I away. The, the character of your sports staff, your coaches, and obviously having a 100% graduation rate is, is re truly remarkable. And I think the development, one of the differences of the NFL compared to college is that you can actually bet on potential a lot more. You can't afford to bet on potential. Very rarely can you make that bet where... Seventh you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's even rare there nowadays. But for you, you know, especially in sport of football, there's some kids that get overlooked. You know, and, and I look at the Hall of Fame because I've done so much with the Hall of Fame, and you get a John Randall or, or even a Warren Moon, you know, that everybody doubts. But you can take it and go ahead and see something in them. What are some of the things, because you have five years to develop ta talent, uh, that you may go ahead and say, look, nobody knows this kid, but I see this in them. Do you recognize what this is that you're looking for? You know, we always talk about recruit, retain, develop. Mike and I talked about this a little bit earlier. And I got four guys that I always use as an example, and all four of them were drafted and play in the NFL currently. And one of them was a kid named Darnell Mooney. Darnell's a leading receiver with the Chicago Bears now. This is before name, image, and likeness. He saved $52,000 while he was a student athlete here at Tulane. All right, he saved his uh, uh, stipend, and he, he'd be, you know, he was very thrifty with what he did. He, he ate every free meal that he possibly could. And I did that. That was the character <laughs> uh, of the young man, right? And, and uh, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, the big thing for us is just finding those guys that are diamond in the rough, because uh, we're trying to get bigger, taller, longer, faster. When I took the job, Tulane was transitioning from Conference USA to the American Athletic Conference. Big jump. We consider ourselves part of the Power Six here at, in, in the, the American. And so we, we had to take some chances on some, some taller guys that maybe weren't quite as developed as someone else. So we did you know, work on finding guys with a little bit more potential. Uh, and had to develop that potential, but Darnell, we were able to do that with. He was at zero Division One offers. We were his only Division One offer. Cam Carroll, uh, Cam uh, Sample, who just played in the Super Bowl, he had zero Division One offers. He was six three, two thirty. Ended up being two eighty. Had a great combine. 
uh, a kid named Thakarius Keys, Bo Peak Keys. He was going to go junior college. He had no offers. He's 163 pounds. We got here, left at 201. Uh, and then Patrick Johnson, he started quite a few games this year for the Eagles. And linebacker had zero Division One offers. So we have to do that here at Tulane, is, is find those guys that maybe other people aren't going to be patient enough to develop or don't see that in the young man. And Mike, for you, we're touring around here blown away by the facilities as well and the funding that's necessary and support that's necessary to build not only a team like this, but the entire athletic facility and the different nuances of the services that are provided, the value that's provided that goes far beyond the on-field coaching that's necessary. What were some of the things that really stood out as you're walking around here? So if I would meld my GM hat and my father hat on, I, I thought it was an incredible juxtaposition of, of those two things. You know, from a father standpoint, you walk in, the first thing I see is incredible academic support where I thought I'd send the right message coach. I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but, like, when you actually walk in the building, it's the first thing you see. And, and I think, you know, as a, a Tulane Law alum, I was like, wow, like, it's meaningful to be a student here, even as an athletic, someone in athletics. And then I put my GM hat on. I saw, first of all, a great cafeteria. So we talked about the weight gain of some of these players. That's really important. That's one of the first questions we're going to ask. Like, what did you weigh when you first went to school? What do you weigh today in terms of your developmental sort of, like, curve and where, where we think you can go? Um, the weight room is incredible. And then the other thing, as Coach pointed out, which is, within walking distance is an MRI facility. And I can tell you, like, there's no NFL facility that has that. So from a football support system, you have great classrooms, great weight facilities, great nutrition, which is really critical, and then a world-class medical support system, like, right on the footprint here. So when you're talking about athletic and academic success, th this building was really built with, with that in mind. And one of the nuances over your 30 years that has really come to the forefront, not just with the NIL, but it's just media in general. I mean, even I'm sure as you were a GM or uh, executive. With Dave, the I think you'd be shocked. There's some people now that make a living just doing social media and putting out content. Yeah, and some of them are <laughs> under 18 even. Um, and some, some are 54. Are over, some are over 50. <laughs> exactly. Middle-aged mutant turtles that can make money. But I'm sure media and the exposure that your players get now. I mean, both of us were commenting before we got here how many games we saw. And I'm in California and you're in Florida. How many games we saw Tulane playing, and so I had a gear, or I would just look up at some restaurant and say, "Hey, look, you know, it's my daughter who went here as well for great reasons." There's Tulane, and I know that may mean as much as a great coach or great facilities is the amount of exposure and awareness that the program is getting. What are some of the things that you see? I know being in in the new uh, conference is is a big boost, but what are some of the other things media-wise that you see for these kids that have really evolved over the 30 years since it was well, just football. Well, we're fortunate that we're in New Orleans. We're in a big city. Every practice, the Saints practice in the afternoon. We practice in the morning. So we get, everybody comes out, or ABC, CBS, uh, uh, the uh, NBC, and, and the Fox affiliate. They come out here, and then we have the newspaper out here. A couple we'll of ESPN seven connections. Eight, a little bit of ESPN connection. <laughs> here we, we are. Actually, here we are. We, we actually played, I think, uh, three games last year on ABC. And uh, we played uh, three games on ESPN, and the rest of them were on ESPN or ESPNU. We had we had zero games on ES ESPN the Ocho. That's my <laughs> dodgeball's up joke right there. <laughs> that's, but, the uh, that's the cornhole <laughs> channel, and that's where Occidental plays. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but uh, so yeah, great exposure, and uh, and kids want that, you know. They're and parents can't come to a game. They 
they, you know, they don't have to subscribe to ESPN Plus. They can just turn their TV on and watch the ball game, and that helps us out a bunch. It really does. It gives coaches you watch. nationwide wide exposure. High school kids see it. You know, I call, make a lot of phone calls Saturday morning before games after the kids have played Friday night, and I, hey, we're playing on ABC at 11 o'clock. Make sure you're watching. We're playing on ESPN at 6 o'clock tonight. Make sure you're watching. And that's a big deal where the head coach calls them. But more importantly, hey, I can flip the TV on and watch these guys play and tell mom and dad how to talk to that coach. You know, this morning he told me to watch the game. So just real quick because, you know, sales to me is my background, is my passion, being able to articulate value to exceed what you're asking for. And, I've been in living rooms as a sports agent running Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, and they made a movie about being in the living room uh, about Lee and how good he was. Um, but there is that aspect of recruiting and being able to communicate, especially with the parents, is so important. So I kind of want to, if you wouldn't mind, Mike, just give me a, a quick 30-second. You know, if, if I'm a parent of a great athlete, not a great student. I'm going to pretend like I'm great athletes as kids. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to be autobiographical. I, I pray my son goes here. I mean, <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I couldn't think of a better place that's a top 40 school to learn from a man that's been as accomplished as Coach Fritz, to learn how to be a better man and football player. There's really, I can't think of any place on the planet that allows a young man to develop both on and off the field in Tulane. I'd be hard-pressed to say that Harvard would be better that Florida, Alabama would be better because maybe one may have slight edge athletically or academically. But when you put it together, Dave, I'll take Tulane, you can take the country, and I'll win. I love that. I used to tell people all the time, I had to take loans like Mike to go to law school, and I would tell, I wanted to go to Stanford. And I used to tell people, looking back 30 years now from when I graduated, someone could offer me a full scholarship to Stanford, uh, and I'd still take the 100000 to go here. Uh, even more than ha wanting your child to go here, I think through my daughter going here, myself going here, and him watching the Tulane program, uh, this is one of the places, believe it or not, Ohio State and Tulane, and I told him, you know, considering my uh, genetics, you better focus more, I think, on, on Tulane, although uh, by the time it goes, Tulane may be beating Ohio State. Yeah, well, those guys at Ohio State could probably work for the players that are playing <laughs> Tulane today one day. Coach, for you, real quick, because I love doing this to coaches that I get to be around, you know, what are the key things that you tell a parent why their kids should go to Tulane? Well, we, we talk about three different things. You know, first and foremost, opportunity to get a world-class education. You know, there's 4,140 colleges and universities across the United States. and Canada, we're the 39th-ranked school academically. So this is a big-time education that can help you 40 years down the line. We talk about four years for 40, 40 years. Uh, second part is play big time Division One college football. You know where you're on TV, or you know ABC, ESPN. You're, you're, uh, and I can say ABC because they're that's the current company rich. of uh, ESPN, correct? They write, they write the checks. <laughs> and then last but not least, you know this is a unique city. And you know I was talking to a kid the other day. I won't say the school we're going against. We had a couple grad transfers in here this past weekend, and I was saying you know you can come here to New Orleans, or you can go to this other town. And, and, and this other guy was even visiting another school. He didn't even know what the city was. This, and it's a good, good football-playing school, but he didn't know what the city was. You know, and within, I told him, within a month, you're going to know everything about that school. Within four years of going to school here, you're going to know about this much about New Orleans. You know, this is a, uh, an incredible city. There's, 
you know, my wife and I are, we just try to explore it every weekend. We try to do something a little bit different here in New Orleans because it has so much to offer. And we're blessed with the Saints, how much they help us out. You know, Mrs. Benson's on our, our board. And I was telling Mike that, you know, Dennis Allen is awesome guy. Coach Payton's been super to us. The director of player personnel, Mike Parrington, who played played for Mike at, uh, uh, with the Jets. You know, he's a two-lane uh, graduate and former football player. So Hopefully he's better at scouting than he was at football. <laughs> right. what, he is a really good scout. He and Terry, during the uh, COVID, we, we had those guys prep my coaches, and they put together little tutorials for an hour apiece, and we'd give them, you know, a few days later, and Terry would go, and then if, next week Mike would go. And we learned a lot. We revamped how we recruit and how we evaluate guys based on those guys' recommendations. But those are the three things, opportunity to get a world-class education, play big-time Division One football, live in the iconic city of New Orleans. Well, it's amazing, too, because my mission in life, as you know especially, is to later here in life to empower over One a billion. billion people. Over, don't limit me. I, I over it. a billion people to be happy, but to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And the philanthropic side of the university and the program, and... I know it's 39th academically out of all those thousands of kids, but every year Tulane is either number one or number two. Most fun. And the happiest. <laughs> Better than fun, right? The student body is the happiest. And, I mean, as a parent who doesn't really care where my children go, I just want them to be happy and want to come home. I try to give them a reason to come home. But imagine that in a, in a day where there's anxiety, fear, the pandemic, to continually every year have the happiest alumni that has to have a significant impact on your life for four years to transcend to four years. Something that's neat about our place, too, is you can, it's hard to tell the difference between a Saturday and a Tuesday. We've got all 50 states represented, 78 countries. The kids stay here on the weekend and won't, you know, can't blame them. Why'd you go home? Well, all their friends want to come here, well, so yeah. right? and, uh, <laughs> why leave? I got a few of my buddies that I played college football with, and they'd always come to one of my games every year every place that I've coached at, and now they come to almost every home game. <laughs> you know, my, wife, my wife was like, God, are they coming again this, this next week? Because, uh, you know, they just enjoy coming to town here. Uh, I know one of my favorite experiences in law school was I tripped over this enormous being uh, one time during Mardi Gras, and it was my friend who went to Louisville, came in and was friends with an LSU basketball player. That was very large, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah, and I guy. tripped over him lying on a wood floor. <laughs> he needed a place to stay the night. I'm like, sure, your friend can stay the night. Little did I know it was Shaquille O'Neal lying there on the floor. So everybody wants to come to Tulane yeah. and New Orleans. Thanks to you, Coach Fritz, and alumni like you, Mike. I appreciate everything you do for the school and for the community. 